Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. I can't express enough, folks, how much I genuinely can't fucking stand Republicans. Like, we need a new name for them because Republicans just sounds normal, right? Like, it sounds like a normal political party. It sounds like a normal group, and that's not at all who the fuck these people are and I'm just like tired I guess right like I'm getting to a point where many of us are which is just tired and frustrated so Fox has been going after Senator John Fetterman and his attire wearing jeans inside of the Senate and Marjorie Taylor Greene had the audacity to talk about Fucking etiquette. Like, I can't even get that sentence out without, like, giggling. Uh, This is a woman who wore the Cruella DeVille, like, fake fur uh, shawl and screamed at the president of the United States during the State of the Union. But you want to talk about etiquette? This is the same woman that has stalked her colleagues and needed to get a restraining order. You want to talk about decorum? This is the same woman that, like, went around and terrorized a victim of a mass school shooting with a gun in her purse that like you want to talk about etiquette, get the fuck out of here. I'm just so sick and tired of their bullshit. And, you know, so John Fetterman has just been amazing with his comebacks on social media. Like, you know, well, maybe if I, you know, play hide the sausage in a theater full of families, then they'll turn me into a deity. And that was one response which had sent me cackling. And the other one was, if those jagoffs in the House stop trying to shut our government down and fully support Ukraine, then I will save democracy by wearing a suit on the Senate floor. It's just like his comebacks are so good 
because it just airs out the absolute bullshit. Like, don't come. You want to you want to waste airtime talking about like decorum and etiquette. And you have a fucking member of the house that was going to second base in front of families while vaping. And you all don't want to say shit about that. You have a number of fucking people that are convicted or being investigated on sex trafficking charges that are sitting up in the House of Representatives. I don't give a fuck. Like, who wears what when? Do you know what I'm saying? You have an entire insurrectionist like party that has been given the gavel of the speaker to overthrow our government from the inside out, to finish their hit job on our democracy. But you want to talk about like clothing? I just like I'm just so fucking over these people. You know, I'm over the coverage of the 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 flame torchers who, you know, who think kindly to burning books. And what I realize is that these people have always existed throughout our history. Right. And at some times and at some point, they have more power or less power in some instances and some points in history and time. They're pushed to the margins. And other times they take center stage. Right. And, you know, this is a moment where these motherfuckers are tap dancing on the grave of democracy center stage. And motherfuckers are still like running their talking points and their stories that they are being fed as if there is a both sides here. I'm just so over it. Right. Like I'm absolutely over this like bullshit kind of politics right now. And it's just like I get to a place and I, you know, we're we're coming up, dear friends, where we're almost at the year marker to the presidential election. And with each tweet, each story, each segment that is put out, I am just overwhelmed with like the fuckery, you know, that is at hand. And I, I have to tell you, I'll share with you all that this week, if you're in New York, you already know that the U.N. General Assembly took place. And so basically New York City in Midtown has been like a complete gridlock. But nonetheless, I had the distinct honor of being invited to the United Nations General Assembly reception with the president and Dr. Jill Biden. And, you know, it was held at the Met Museum, which was just, you know, it's just a beautiful backdrop for anything. But what struck me, aside from, I mean, everyone was in that room from Bill Gates leaning against the couch that I was sitting on to designer Christian Siriano to, you know, Broadway star, you know, Billy Porter to, you know, just John Kerry, you know, former congressman dignitaries. It was it was very wild. It was one of those like very surreal moments. But what struck me wasn't so much the people that were in the audience. It was what Joe Biden said in his roughly like three minute speech at the reception with the first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, by his side. And he said this. He said that democracies around the world are facing a considerable obstacle to their survival. President of the United States, Joe Biden, spoke about 
the rise in anti-democratic fervor in the United States. Now, I want folks to understand that while we may talk about this and you may consume this knowledge because of listening to shows like Woke AF and others, that you get it, I cannot express enough that that has never happened before at the United Nations. That the president, both in front of the actual General Assembly in his speech, and then again later that evening at this reception that I had the opportunity to attend, stated that democracy in America is in danger. And if we fall, then all other democracies around the world will fall. That is not a fucking understatement, right? Like that is not an understatement. That is not hyperbole. That is not an exaggeration. That is pure, unadulterated fucking facts. And what I want to see from this president from now until election day is consistency daily, weekly, talking about the threats to democracy in this country that are being waged by the Republican Party. You know, I want Joe Biden to use the power of the White House to do, you know, bring back the fireside fucking chats with, you know, leaders that have studied fascism and the rise of authoritarianism, nation leaders that have fought through and come out the other side, right, which there are not many, to use the opportunity at a time when Republicans are seeking to erase every bit of truth and history and uncomfortable feeling for white people that Joe Biden would use the power of the White House and his bully pulpit to be the educator-in-chief, to wake people up on a regular basis as we make the countdown to the most consequential election of our time. So when I was standing in that room, just a few feet away from the President of the United States as he said unequivocally, that our country is under threat, not by foreign agents, but by those that are in our country. My hair stood up. Because I don't think that folks recognize, particularly corporate media, care to recognize just how fucking dangerous of a time that we are in. Because instead of running with that story, the top news is Hunter Biden, a man who has never run for elected office, isn't running for elected office, so I don't give a fuck what he has done in his private life. Because I know what he didn't do, which is be a part of his father's administration. I know what he didn't do, which was walk off with $2 billion just a handful of months after his father left office, like Jared Kushner did, and Ivanka Trump did. Mind you, we always want to put administrations, 
families, oh, they're off limits. Well, Donald Trump put his family in his administration. So they became public servants. So they aren't off fucking limits. Why did they get $2 billion? Because we've never heard of any other staff of an administration walking off with anything more than a couple of million dollars because of a book deal. Not two fucking billion. But is that any of the top stories? In corporate media, no. So when people want to talk about, oh, liberal media this and liberal media that, that is a fucking lie and a farce. Because as somebody that has been in media for over a decade, I can tell you, liberal, progressive, ain't any of the words that I would attribute to any, any network, any C-suite. Coming up next today, which I'm very happy to welcome to the program for the very first time, Kat Calvin, who is the executive director and first-time author. She's executive director of Spread the Vote and Project ID and is the author of American Identity in Crisis, which is out this week that talks about the issues it takes to gain a government-issued ID and how it is a critical first step in assessing resources and opportunities that have the power to end cycles of incarceration, homelessness, and poverty, and more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Kat because, you know, during dark times, you need to search for the light. And Kat Calvin is one of those lights. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and, you know, get her book as well as figure out how to get involved with her organization that is essentially doing the Lord's work. That conversation is coming up next. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Folks, I am very happy to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the first time founder and executive director of Spread the Vote and Project ID, Kat Calvin, whose uh, first book will come out uh, on September 19th, American Identity in Crisis, Notes from an Accidental Activist. Um, Kat, first, let's uh, start out with telling tell us a bit about um, the organizations that you have found uh, and head. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so everything that we do is focused on trying to help more people get IDs. 26 million American adults don't have government issued photo IDs. So all of our work is around increasing the number of people who have IDs. We do it in two different ways. We have our 501c3 nonprofit, Spread the Vote Plus Project ID. And what we do on that side is work in 21 states on the ground every day, just helping individuals get ID, getting the vital documents, paying the fees, helping with transportation, everything that they need to get an ID in their hands. Uh, On that side, we also, during elections, do a lot of voter education and voter turnout work with our clients and communities. Uh, Then we have our C4, Project ID Action Fund, which is our political arm, and we're trying on that side to increase ID access through policy so that we can reach a lot more people than the day-to-day on the groundwork that we're doing on the C3 side. So we have a bill in Congress, the IDs for an Inclusive Democracy Act, that would establish a free uh, federal national ID. Uh, And we do state legislation. We've got actually a bill that just landed on Gavin Newsom's desk in California a few days ago. So hopefully he signs that. I'm all working to use policy um, and at all levels from local, state, uh, federal government to increase access to IDs. Talk to us about, you know, about the importance of your work and the power of IDs. I think that for a lot of us, right, who can open up, uh, you know, our, our wallet and have our driver's licenses or have passports or these different forms uh, of or a non-driving ID, we take for granted what that ID gives us the power to do. So can you speak to why it's so important Um, the work that you're doing to ensure that 26 million people do have that ID. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're right. We we take it for granted because we don't really even think anymore about all the times we have to pull our ID out. But you need an ID to get a job. You need an ID for housing, for healthcare, to have a bank account. Uh, you know, if you want access to any of the social services that are designed to help you get back on your feet, like SNAP or WIC or Medicare, any of those things, you need ID. So it's really uh, the small plastic card that is the key to opening up any opportunities that you uh, are looking for to try to advance yourself and even just survival. You know, most food banks ask for ID before they hand out food. A lot of homeless shelters ask for IDs before they give you a bed at night. So even just day-to-day survival, it's necessary, but there is no way in this country to 
you know, pull yourself up by your proverbial bootstraps, right, to escape homelessness, to escape poverty if you do not have identification. And you talk about the fee associated with that, and that is something that the legislation that you're put both at the federal level and uh, with California, with Newsom, um, your organization actually pays for that. So talk to us about the bar- the financial barriers um, to being able to get IDs. Yeah. So, you know, if you need an ID um, and it's your first time getting an ID in a state, you need your birth certificate first off. And first of all, if you go to Vital Records and ask for a birth certificate, they'll ask you for your ID. So there are a lot of real bureaucratic struggles and the rules are different, not just state by state, but county by county for how to get a birth certificate without an ID. And so on top of figuring out all those rules, birth certificates cost money. And depending on what state, you know, they can be anywhere from $15 to in some states we have to pay $90 in order to order a birth certificate online and get it shipped, et cetera. So that just initial cost is massive. But then you have the cost of the ID, which ranges, you know, anywhere from, you can be 5 or $10 maybe in some states. It's like 70 and others. In California, our IDs are 35 They went up $4 this year. But driver's licenses went up $10 to $41 in January. And they're going up oh, wow. every single Yeah. Every single year. So the bill actually that's that's on uh, Newsom's desk would make uh, driver's licenses free for unhoused Californians and birth certificates free because birth certificates cost about $30. And, you know, I've had moms with five kids who are in Section 8 housing and she needs birth certificates in order for them to have, you know, go to school and healthcare and all the things you need birth certificates for. And if you're paying $30 per person, including for infants, you know, most people, I barely have that money half the time, right? Like that's a lot of money. And so... You have all of the, the costs. And then, you know, every time that you changed your name, you need a document. So you got to pay for birth record or for uh, marriage licenses, for divorce decrees, right? Like county clerks charge for all of that. Uh, but then transportation is a barrier. More than 10 million Americans live more than 10 miles from a DMV. And obviously, if you don't have an ID, you can't drive or at least not legally. And so and most of the country, right, does not have great public transportation. We have a country that is largely rural and small towns. And so then you have people who have to figure out how do they get to the DMV and is it a multi-hour bus ride or are you paying for an Uber, you know, et cetera. And so the costs really add up. Uh, and that's, you know, we can have a whole other conversation about what happens if you're formally incarcerated and you have fines or fees, um, or if you have, you know, tickets or registration or all of the different things that they will uh, block your ability to get an ID or a driver's license if you haven't paid those. And those can run up to the tens of thousands. I mean, damn, <laughs> you know, what? Like, I, yeah. you know, it's just... It's like it, it just it, it, when I think about state by state in the, in the example that you gave of the mother, I'm like, that is just a rack of fees. Yep. Right. That are people even aware of that until they're going, you know, to the DMV or have made it there or are trying to get a bed um, that it is it is so financially um, burdensome yep. in order to be able to get these kind of resources. Kat, how did you become passionate? How did you become the accidental <laughs> activist for IDs? 
Uh, you know, so it's funny because it really was a little bit of an accident. I've always been an activist. I've run other orgs and then I, so I got burned out and I swore I'd never run another nonprofit again. And that lasted a year. And then I'm um, the 16 election happened and I had through law school and, and for a long time really been paying attention to voter suppression and to voter IDs and what was happening with that and how little attention early on was being paid. And so after the election, I'm um, when it was very clear that uh, voter ID laws had had an impact, I started spread the vote with the idea of helping people get IDs to vote. And, you know, I've, I've had a passport since I was an infant, and then I got a military ID at 10 and a driver's license at 16, right? So I've never had a conscious moment of not having yeah. an ID. So I had no clue. It just... And I was like everyone else. And this is why I never get upset when people don't know this is an issue. I didn't know this was an issue even after I started the org. So I was like, well, everybody, you know, most people have ID, but, you know, there's just this small group of people who need IDs to vote. And I'm almost immediately after starting a, you know, we started doing a ton of research and realizing how big the numbers were. But we also started talking to people and saying, hey you know, can we help you get, you know, a free voter ID so you can vote? And people would look at us and say, I need a job. I need a place to sleep. I need to be able to feed my children. I need an ID to do that. Are you going to help me with that? And we realized really quickly, like, oh, this is a much bigger issue. Like, this is this is why voter ID laws exist, because there already was this population that was very easy right. to discriminate yep. against and suppress. But I cannot look at people and say, oh, I'm only going to help you get this, like, little free thing that'll help you vote when what you need is to be able to have a home and, you know, food on the table and healthcare. And so we switched everything about how we thought we were going to run the organization in order to help people get these DMV IDs. But now after over 11,000 people that we've helped get IDs, we have all of these stories. And I have seen time and time and again, how much it changes people's lives when they get an ID. You know, one of the things people say to us all the time is I'm a person again, because you just, mm. you're not a person in this country if you don't have an ID and you can't do anything and you can't survive. And we have people, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. I had a man earlier this year in my car just bawling because he hadn't had an ID in 10 years and his social workers hadn't been able to help him. No one had been able to help him. And he had it in his hand now after we left the DMV and he was so overwhelmed, you know, and we also have had cases, you know, we see uh, that it really is life or death. You know, we work with um, a shelter in West Virginia where they and, you know, shelters and food banks don't turn people away because they don't have ID because they want to. But it's usually because of some sort of government funding that they're getting that they have to make sure they have ID, make sure they live within a certain zip code, whatever these rules are. And so a winter night, they had to turn someone away because they didn't have ID. And then that person froze to death on their doorstep that night, you know, and it, it literally when we say it's life or death, it's literally life or death. You know, the number of women who I've helped who live on Skid Row, which is a dangerous place for anyone, but especially women. You know, one of my clients, Rhonda, who is amazing, she was a deaf black woman living alone in a tent on Skid Row. It was so dangerous for her and she was so scared and she needed an ID in order to be somewhere safe. And with so many women who are having horrible things happen to them and they just beg, it's like, please, I need an ID. I need to be inside. I need to be somewhere safe. And it, it literally is life or death for people. And the more you do this after you know, thousands and thousands of people, I am... I'm so obsessed with like this, like there are 26 million people who desperately need an ID and I will do anything. If, if the devil came down tomorrow and said, will you sell your soul to pass your bill in Congress? I wouldn't think twice because I have seen so many times 
that this means everything to people and that we have to help people get IDs for just a moral imperative, but also for the health and, and security of the country. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Talk to me about some of the pushback then, because these stories, I mean, just the few that you, that you offered, um are terrifying and heartbreaking, right? And I and I say that because again, as somebody sitting in a space where I've never had to be concerned about having an ID or like where's my birth certificate or being able to get these things, have not had this in the front of my consciousness as to why it's so important. And yet, we know that policy is created purposefully in order to carve out people from being able to access, um, you know, the quote unquote American dream. So what are some, uh, what is some of the pushback that you receive, you know, from legislators who say, oh no, we can't possibly get this done. Yeah. So I, I get different forms of pushback on different sides. And I will say the number one issue and the reason I wrote a book and the reason that I try to knock on doors on the Hill is that it's really uh, an issue of, of ignorance, right? People just don't know this is an issue. People have no concept of the numbers, right? Like 26 million, that's more than the population of every state except California and Texas. It should be a national emergency, but people really don't know. Uh, and so a lot of it is just 
just getting people to understand. And when I first started this and I would speak and I would talk about the numbers and I would have people accuse me of lying, like in the room. And I was like, I'm not lying. Like, here's the study. This is true. But like the numbers are so big, it's hard for people to understand. I'm, you know, on, on one side from the left, what I often get is a lot of reactive fear of the idea of a national ID. And I always go, well, the government then would have our information. And I'm saying, well, the, the government, the government already got your information. information. <laughs> like what, what country are you living in? You know, and right. one way that COVID really helped is that I can now say to people, you know, the government was able to figure out how much you make, where you live and how many children you have and send you a check for the exact amount of money that they thought you needed without ever asking you to fill out a piece of paper. The government knows everything about you. So we've got to stop having this fear that the left often has where we're so afraid of some sort of imaginary fascism or some imaginary something that we're willing to cut out or ignore the issues of the most vulnerable because of some sort of false idea of safety. Uh, and so that's really the argument that I get from the most on one side. The other side, it really is, you know, it's just like, well, sh you know, there's a bipartisan agreement that this is, and the way that we position the bill is it's a jobs bill, right? We need 26 mm. million Americans to be, Americans to be able to get jobs, right? Like that's, it's so not such a no brainer. Uh, you know, it's going to reduce homelessness. It's going to reduce recidivism. It's going to reduce crime. It's going to increase the tax base, right? Like all of these things, everyone gets that. But then on the right, you have the problem of, well, yeah, but then if they had this idea, they could also vote. It's like, well, okay. Yes. <laughs> that, right. Fortunately, that's the case. I'm so sorry. But, you know, my whole thing and one reason that we've really been able to avoid a lot of right wing back backlash with our org is, you know, I'm a big nerd. I'm a lawyer. My way of rebelling is by just following the rules really well. So I was just like, all right, you want people to have IDs? We'll just get them IDs. You know, And so because we're just doing what they said they wanted which of course they just didn't think anybody would do. Uh, we don't get a lot of backlash, but you know, that's, that's one of the things that we have to just say like, yeah, if they have this, unless you want to separate your state and federal elections, like, yeah, they're going to be able to vote, but also <laughs> you have, you know, 40,000 unhoused people in your streets, maybe giving them all an ID would help reduce that issue. And so it's, 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 you know, both sides, the more I have conversations, understand logically why this is important, but it's the sort of knee-jerk reactions you get um, that we have to sort of work through and help people understand, like, this is more important than these, these like, small fears that you have. You know what I find interesting, too, is that in, in, in a lot of states, right, they have tried to pass legislation around providing IDs to those that are undocumented so that they can work, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that people can work and like, you know, quote unquote, earn their keep in a lot of ways. And there's been a lot of pushback in against that as well. And I just wonder, you know, you it's funny when you say like, I just followed the rules, right? Like they just didn't expect anybody to follow the rules and go ahead and say, oh, you say, you know, you need an ID to vote. Okay, so then we're gonna get a bunch of people IDs. Um, and then make, you know, obstacles to that. I guess when you see this number, this 26 million, what does the time frame look like, Kat, to be able to get this done? And what do you see as the appetite nationally to be able to get something like this done when we see, you know, the the, the Republican Party is willing to shut down the government pretty much over anything, right? They're they're not actually interested in legislating. They're not actually interested in helping 
um, the American people. And so do you look at places like California to be then let me tackle this state by state uh, and and show a model, right, that that the federal government can follow? Yeah, I mean, that's in so many ways where we are right now. The bill, we recognize that right now there are fringes on both sides that are not actually interested in any kind of legislation and they're just interested in creating chaos and so there isn't really a chance uh, you know in our there two really very notorious figures are on the committee that our bill is in and we just know like well as long as they're on the committee like nothing's getting through and so we are in congress right now working to get as many members on board as possible and supporting the bill working on getting as many external partners on board working on getting a senate side bill like doing everything we can so that you know when marjorie taylor green and lauren burbert are no longer on our committee (laughs) then we can try to push it through right but we know like there's no point in really putting a lot of energy there Uh, and then that is exactly why we're also working on the states and working on california you know, we've got some veterans focused bills that we're working on in Florida and Rhode Island and some of different states uh, because, you know, it's it's infuriating. There's a whole chapter in my book about veterans because there are so many veterans who don't have IDs. And it's it's both infuri- infuriating on a level of what well, they're veterans. and it's, it's embarrassing that we're not taking care of them. But also they're the only group that both sides of the aisle pretend to care about. And yet we are ignoring them. Mm-hmm. And if we're not even helping veterans, we're like we're never going to help you know, foster youth, right? <laughs> like or anybody else. And so we are also really starting out. We've got another veteran focused bill. I'm in California and and working in other places because we figure that is the lowest hanging fruit and the easiest way for us to get in and have conversations. And even in Florida, be able to go and say, hey, you guys have a lot of veterans who don't have IDs and get bipartisan support. And then hopefully that will help open the door to being able to expand legislation and ID access for more and more folks. And yeah, exactly. And we can work state by state. You know, we can work, we're working with mayors and county officials and city councils on you know what are different ways that they can increase id access in their uh, in their jurisdictions you know we're advising places on municipal ids and like how can you do that and really trying to expand access as many places as possible so that we offer that model so that we're opening it up to more people while we work on the big goal of passing our bill in congress Amazing. Well, Kat, please tell people listening um, how they can get involved with Spread the Vote and Project ID um, and offer, you know, their 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 help, their donations um, to this cause. Yes. So a few things. So you can um, get my book, American Identity in Crisis, uh, which comes out on Tuesday. I'm you can. And that's it's available everywhere. I'm and that uh, I'm really excited about it. It's short. I tried to make it funny. I'm, you know, but hopefully we'll give folks a real understanding of what this issue is that they can then talk about it with their friends, their family, their members, whatever. Um, You can also if you're interested in learning more about the bill, you can go to id4id.org and learn all about the bill. And there's also a whole page on there for how you can get in touch with your members of Congress with scripts and all sorts of things so that you can ask them to support the bill. Um, and you can go to projectid.org um, and see more of our work there. Um, and there's can take you to spread the vote into other places. And also um, there's a link there to donate, which would be amazing because we are trying as hard as we can to 
do work on the ground, to do policy work. It's a small team trying really to do as much as we can uh, to make sure that everyone gets an ID. Amazing. Again, folks, the book is American Identity in Crisis, Notes from an Accidental Activist. Kat, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. Really appreciate you and all of the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF as always. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.